0: You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood.
1: Thanks for listening to Abiding in Christ. Today's teaching is from Deuteronomy chapters 27 through 30. Due to its length, we're not able to air the entire reading of this passage, but we encourage you to take time to read it at home. In summary, chapters 27 and 28 instruct the Israelites to perform a ceremony once they take possession of their promised land. The twelve tribes will be divided, half on Mount Ebal and half on Mount Gerizim. Then following the lead of the Levites, they will pronounce blessing and curses on each other. In chapters 29 and 30, Moses again reminds the Israelites of their history and warns them not to turn away to foreign gods, but to remain faithful to the Lord. In chapter 30, beginning in verse 11, Moses ends his final speech to Israel saying, This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask, Who will go up to heaven, get it for us, and proclaim it to us, so that we may follow it? And it is not across the sea— So that you have to ask, who will cross the sea, get it for us, and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it? But the message is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may follow it. See, today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, walk in His ways, and keep His commands, statutes, and ordinances, So that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not listen, and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish, and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him, and remain faithful to him. For he is your life, and he will prolong your days as long as you live in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.
0: May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. That's a hard passage. I love the stuff about being blessed, but a lot of that stuff about the curses, pretty graphic. It's one thing to say, this might hurt. But God goes into graphic detail describing the hideous, gruesome suffering that will come upon those who refuse to serve the Lord. Folks, this does not fit with the politically correct environment that our culture is trying to promote doesn't fit it also does not fit with the american church um... we we are so terrified that someone might accuse us of preaching hellfire and brimstone that um... we just preach lilacs and roses and our roses don't even have thorns okay? we we just want everybody to know that God loves you just the way you are. And you need to feel good about it because we all make mistakes. But that's okay. You're adorable. God says to people whom He loves, I set before you today life, and death. Choose life. This is a theme over and over and over. Do you know what? Um, I mean, there's there's different kinds of acid, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know that. There's acid like stomach acid. Oh, I need a Tums. Okay. Uh, has anybody got any Prevacid or something? You know, a Miprazole. Give me a proton pump inhibitor because I've got a little acid in my tummy, okay? Yeah, there's that kind of acid. And then there's, then there's the stuff that you occasionally put into your, um, onto your concrete in order to clean up something that's just really nasty and you don't have another way of doing it. And then there's the stuff that you can put on a piece of metal and it'll eat right through it. Okay, like while you watch, I don't mean over a period of years. I mean, there's stuff that you can put on there, and it is so acidic, so powerful, so unrelenting that it can't be in a metal container, okay, because metal can't contain it. Now, it won't react with this, and so thankfully, we can put it in that, like a glass container. Have you ever, I mean, do you, do you know anything about this stuff? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen it at work? Suppose, suppose, that for whatever reason you had some of that stuff, because it was necessary for the work that you do, and your child wanted to watch you work, and they took an interest in that glass bottle, would you say to them, oh, honey, be careful with that. It it could give you an ouchie. Okay? Okay. Or would you say, don't go near that. Do not touch that. That stuff will eat a hole right through you. Which would be loving? Marcus gave us the illustration from when he was in marine boot camp and he was having to carry his glass with a hand over it. And it seems so stupid you know in the dining hall you're having to do this why do we have to do this and then it turns out it's because they were preparing them to handle explosives so they started out learning the right way to carry something that wasn't explosive right but it turned out it was important to learn this way of carrying something okay why because if you're going to give somebody live ammo, it would not be loving, it would not be kind to say to them, hey guys, tomorrow we're going to be handling some stuff that, oh, how can I describe it? Well, it's more volatile than milk, okay, and it, it would not be good if you drop it. Would that be loving? Would that be kind? That's what we're doing in many churches. That's what we're doing in this culture is we're saying to people, Oh, well, you know, you know I don't want to judge, but you know, if you do those things, I would just submit that's not your best life. Okay, I mean, you can do better than that. I really think that if you follow God's way, you'll have a more fulfilling future. Okay, You'll be happier. You will. It's true. Okay? If you do what God says, in the end, I believe things are going to come out better for you. That's the way we're trying to win people. We want them to know that, you know, we're not perfect, but we have a good life because we do things God's way. And so we're going to give you a 12-part series on how you can have happier life okay and and we're going to have pointers for you on on how to get along with other people better how to have realistic expectations so that you're not disappointed a lot and uh, we believe it's going to be a great series because we want you to be happy like we are okay I'm just telling you that's not love If you know the truth, if you know the truth, you understand the reality that God will destroy those who won't repent. So warning people is not unloving. It's not judgmental. It is just being honest. I was at my... ENT doctor and told him about a lump in my neck It was a turns out a parotid tumor a tumor in the parotid gland and I told him I was starting to notice it had been there for years and I'd had it checked out many years earlier and they said to monitor it but I didn't I mean it was like you know who cares as long as I mean if they're not alarmed I'm not alarmed but it gradually was growing as several years went by, and it was starting to get to where when I shaved, it, it kind of bothered me a little bit. Obviously, you can see what my solution is now. <laughs> but, um, but it was like, you know, there's a little something there, and so he felt it for the first time. And he said, oh, that needs to come out. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, that, that ought to come out. And he said, well, let me tell you how. He said, I can do it for you, and he described the surgery peeling my my face open and going in and getting it out. And I said, well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. And I called my brother, who at that time was the head of the cancer department at uh, Mass General Hospital, Harvard's number one teaching hospital in Boston. And I said, Bill, you know, I've got this lump in my neck and doctor down here says it ought to come out. Can you set me up with somebody for a second opinion? He said, sure, I'll set you up with somebody at Emory. So I went to Emory and... um, I was a little surprised to be sitting in the cancer department, because as far as I was concerned, you know, this was just a lump in my neck. <laughs> you know, it's, it's me, so it's not cancer. So um, I'm sitting there and uh, trying to ignore the fact that it says oncology. And uh, when I went back to see the doctor, the physician's assistant came in first, and uh, she just kind of glanced my way, went over, looked at the folder, and said, um, Reverend Wood, I'm not sure I understand why you're here. Did you want a second opinion, or did you want Dr. Montgomery to do the surgery? I had asked for a second opinion, okay? and I said, well, I, I want a second opinion, and then uh, if I need to have surgery, then I'd like for, uh, for Dr. Montgomery to do it. And she said, huh, well, you definitely need surgery. That's a little off-putting. I mean, she hadn't, she hadn't come over and felt it or anything. She just could look at the chart and tell, this has got to come out. This is on a Wednesday. She's, I said, well, okay, I'd like Dr. Montgomery to do it if I need the surgery. She said, okay, how about this Friday? And I said, well, why, is he about to go out of town or something? And she said, no. Oh, yeah, okay, Friday's fine. Apparently it was somewhat time-sensitive. You know, I, if, if she'd said, how about this summer? I would have been good. But no, they want to do it right away. And I said, okay. So then Dr. Montgomery comes in the room. Yeah. Hello, Reverend Wood. <laughs> he reaches up and he palpates the area. He says, oh. <laughs> mm. And then he starts talking to me about all the stuff that can go wrong. Okay? They have to do that so they don't get sued afterwards. Or at least if they do get sued, they can defend themselves in court, say, I told him that could happen. Okay? He described all the possible complications and they were numerous. And I still remember them vividly Now, why did he do that? Well, in his words, there is an 80%... Reverend Wood, I should tell you that in cases like this, there is an 80% chance that this tumor will be benign. But it goes without saying that if there's an 80% chance that it will be benign, there is a 20% chance that it will not be benign. (laughs) He'd be a great preacher in some churches. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll go to heaven. But it goes without saying that if you do not receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will not go to heaven. And so Jesus comes along. No one has ever been incarnate love more than Jesus. Jesus comes along and he talks about hell More than anybody else. And he makes it sound very uninviting. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us and he didn't want us to go there. And so he warns us that hell is dreadful. Yesterday I had somebody trying to tell me not a member of this church, but someone else, trying to tell me that it's not okay to scare kids about the wrath of God. Yes, we believe that God has wrath, but that's not something we ought to talk to children about. I beg to differ because I love kids and I've lost friends even in childhood. And I've been the pastor who had to preach the funeral of young children. And I don't want anybody of any age going to hell because nobody loved them enough to tell them the truth. If you want to know how much God loves us, look at the cross. Jesus went to the cross and suffered and died so that we could go to heaven. But if you want to know how deadly and dreadful and awful sin is, look at the cross. Because when Jesus bore our guilt, the wrath of God was poured out on Him. Have you ever really wanted to make a difference in this world? You can. It's possible for you to be a part of a miraculous place where God is doing a work of healing in the lives of children who come from difficult circumstances. Ware's Valley Ranch is a ministry that belongs to Jesus. He owns the place. My wife and I had the opportunity to be here when it was started. And we have watched God work miracle after miracle, providing when only 2% of the income of the ranch comes from the families of the children in our care. We take no government money. We have a policy of no debt. And that means every day that we operate, it's because God is working in the hearts of people who want to help children. You can make a difference that lasts for eternity, and I hope you will. Contact the ranch at wvr or you can call us at 866 41 abide let us hear from you
1: to step out of my comfort zone into the realm
0: of the unknown where Jesus is and so god says i'm setting before you life and death don't say you know i say it's too far i i don't know how who will go up and to heaven and and get it for us it's right here right now You know what you're to do. Well, who will will go across the sea and and get this for us? Don't say that. It's right here. I'm setting it before you. It's life and death. Love God and do what He says. Because if you don't, you'll be destroyed. And it's dreadful. All these horrible things... All these terrible descriptions, being covered with boils from head to toe, resorting to cannibalism because you're starving to death. All that dreadful, most gruesome stuff is just a prelude to hell. You understand? The lake of fire is worse than that. And so God warns us. Don't go there. Don't do that. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Well, how much do we have to obey? None of us does it well enough to earn a spot in heaven. But Jesus came to save sinners. If you say, like the Pharisee Jesus speaks of in the New Testament, Lord, I thank you that I am not like other men. I'm not like that man over there. I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I do this, and I don't do that, and I don't do that. Jesus says your prayer will not be heard. But if like that man in that same story, you Loathe your sin. You don't love it. You don't try and rationalize it. You hate it. You want to change. And you cry out to God and you say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, you will go home justified. Because God forgives sinners. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. And if you think that God is saying this stuff in order to try and frighten people so that sin is less attractive, you're right. But if you think that He's exaggerating, you're wrong. All those things God described happened to the Jewish people. You read the rest of the Old Testament and you will find cannibalism in a time of starvation, you'll find horrible, horrible stuff going on where it seemed like everything they did, God thwarted them. Why? Because he keeps his promises. But what is the goal? Even in this passage, even after they've been scattered and they've turned to idolatry, what is the goal? The goal is that they will come to their senses, as it says in that passage, and repent of their sins and cry out to God for mercy. And God said, when you do that, I'll restore you. Why? Because as he says twice in the book of Ezekiel, I don't have any pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's not what I'm hoping for. I'm just waiting for somebody to mess up so I can punish them. No. God says, I want to see people repent. I want to see people turn and do what they're supposed to. You were created by God with a purpose. And if you will do what God says, you will find out over and over and over and over that He is right. And His plan is good. It isn't always easy. It's often difficult. But, oh, it is good. Behold, God says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Let's pray. Father, your word is clear. And there's not a third alternative. You speak in this passage about a man who thinks, well, I'm exempt. I fear that describes too many of us. God, deliver us from such folly. Forgive us, we pray, for our grievous sins against you. Help us to believe what you say about sin and how evil and dreadful it is. Help us to truly repent. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ,